So when we look at women who are maybe struggling from a metabolic perspective, struggling with glucose tolerance, struggling with excess body fat, gaining lean mass can help with both of those things. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer turned high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi friends, in this week's Bite Size episode, I want to talk to you about a molecule that I think is really, really important for our health, in particular, women's health. And it's something that we usually associate, funnily enough, with men, and in particular with bodybuilders, and that is creatine. However, it has huge benefits for women, particularly in relation to optimizing throughout the menstrual cycle, and both during perimenopause and postmenopause. So what is creatine? Creatine comes from the Greek word kreas, which actually means meat. And it's a molecule that's produced in the body from the amino acids arginine, glycine, and methionine. It's primarily made in the liver and to a slightly lesser extent in the kidneys and the pancreas. And essentially it's very, very important for us to produce ATP, which is the energy currency of the body. So if we want to have high energy every day, then creatine intake is very important or at least creatine production, but often we don't produce quite enough of it. Creatine is important for skeletal muscle health, it's important for bone density. It's also important for gut health and brain health, particularly if we've had a period of poor sleep, creatine can sort of help us make up for some of those deficits as well. Now creatine has been used in and both enhances the fast energetic system of the body. And so when we're using energy quickly, when we have high demands for energy, for example, when we're doing things like power-based or speed-based training, then we have a greater demand for creatine. And actually when supplementing with creatine, we see increases in strength and power, both in individuals who are trained and untrained. But when you add resistance training into that mix, then you see an even greater effect. But as I've already mentioned, Creatine also has benefits for the health of our gut, for our bone density, and in particular for brain health as well. And the brain is very energy demanding. Now the thing with women is, is that we actually have less storage capacity than men, about 70 to 80% of the storage capacity compared to men, and we produce less creatine. So supplementation for for women can be extremely helpful. And there's a specific stage of the menstrual cycle that if you're thinking about doing any kind of creatine loading, that would be the time to do it, which I'll come on to in just a moment. But if you want to increase creatine stores with the body, you don't have to do a loading phase. It will just take you slightly longer. So if you're supplementing with creatine somewhere between usually about three to five grams each day, then it will take you around four weeks or so to build up those creatine stores. You can, as I've already mentioned, also do a loading phase, which is usually done in split doses. So it's usually 20 grams a day for a period of three to seven days, and that 20 grams is split into four doses of five grams. If you're going to do a loading phase, then the time that's been shown best to do that in terms of the research would be in the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. Creatine bioavailability actually changes across the menstrual cycle in terms of the low hormone and the high hormone phase. And so as we're approaching ovulation and just afterwards, estrogen tends to be higher. So um, how does this sort of interact with our body's usage and production of creatine? Well, we know that creatine kinase is the enzyme that's responsible for breaking down creatine phosphate to allow that energy system and the production of ATP to take place. And creatine kinase is heavily influenced by our levels of estrogen. 
and the amount of creatine that we produce is also reduced when estrogen is high in that high hormone phase, in the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle, and also if we're pregnant. Now at that stage of the menstrual cycle, when we're looking at that rise in estrogen in and around ovulation and just afterwards in that luteal phase, kind of up to a week or so before a woman's period begins, this is the high hormone phase of the menstrual cycle. And this part of the menstrual cycle is actually very energy demanding because the focus here is about building up that uterine lining. And that takes a lot of energy. So in that situation, we're actually using a lot of creatine. And remember, creatine also needs to be used for other areas of the body, including the heart, gut health, brain health, and also our skeletal muscle as well. So that's essentially, if you're thinking about doing a loading phase, that would be a good time to do it. Or if, for example, you're doing some really high energy intensive work in terms of your athletic pursuits, then doing that loading phase may be appropriate. And if you choose to do it, a good time to do it would be in that high hormone phase. However, as I say, it's not necessary for building up overall stores of creatine because you can do that more gradually um, if you're not requiring that kind of energetic output. And you can do that over a period of four weeks or so by simply taking three to five grams of creatine each day. Creatine is also particularly helpful for women that are going through perimenopause or are postmenopause. And some of the reasons for that is it helps to reduce overall inflammation. And we know that women who are postmenopause tend to have slightly higher rates of inflammation. And also perimenopausal women who are getting these fluctuations in terms of estrogen, sort of going really high and then it kind of flatlines and then it goes up and down again. And that can lead to higher levels of inflammation and also more oxidative stress in the body. And creatine has been shown to help lower inflammation and also reduce oxidative stress. The other thing that creatine can help with in perimenopausal and postmenopausal women is supporting bone density and also muscle protein synthesis. And so creatine helps the satellite cells to build more lean mass and stimulate that muscle protein synthesis. And when you couple that creatine intake alongside resistance training, we actually see a boost in insulin growth factor and other growth factors like human growth hormone, which are important for both maintaining and building lean mass. So when we look at women who are maybe struggling from a metabolic perspective, struggling with glucose tolerance, struggling with excess body fat, gaining lean mass can help with both of those things. And if you're doing resistance training, adding in some creatine can help to support that even further. And then, as I've already mentioned, creatine can also be really supportive for brain health, which is another area that both perimenopausal and early postmenopausal women um, sometimes struggle with, and that's brain fog and feeling that they've got this sort of loss in cognition and attention span. And creatine has actually been shown to help with that. It's a powerful antioxidant, and it's also what's known as a neuromodulator. A neuromodulator essentially takes a signal from one neuron to another, helping to transmit neurotransmitters. And our brain cells and our brain tissue require a lot of ATP. So if we're supporting that with more availability of creatine, we can actually help to clear some of that brain fog. There's also been interesting research around improving mood as well, particularly for women who have depressive episodes. And there seems to be an inverse relationship between the amount of creatine that's consumed from food and the depressive symptoms that women experience. The other area that I want to mention is that creatine is supportive is in times of stress, which often actually coincides with those perimenopausal years. Largely, I think, because women have so much going on in that decade of their 40s and early 50s. And when there's high stress, there's actually quite a quick reduction in the availability of creatine phosphate. And this is when the brain is needing higher levels of ATP for that energy. 
So again, this is a situation where supplementation can be really, really helpful because it has benefits for the frontal cortex. And so this affects things like memory, cognition, and also attention. And it's really helpful for many women in clearing that brain fog that they often experience during those years. So where can you find creatine in food? If you're looking at finding creatine in food, it tends to be found in animal-based products. So it's most prevalent in meat and fish and also in organ meats. And what's been shown is that vegetarians actually have less creatine availability and they also tend to have higher rates of depressive incidence. And so taking creatine, particularly as a vegetarian, can help to improve stress resiliency and also support mood and cognitive function as well. So the last area I want to mention before we kind of round off and summarize for you where to find creatine, how to take it, uh, is also gut health because the intestinal lining, you've probably heard of leaky gut, it's been spoken about quite widely, but we have this mucosal lining that protects the intestinal cells. And that actually requires a very high amount of energy to support it and requires a lot of ATP. And so for supporting the integrity of the gut lining, we need more creatine. And this is particularly important for people like endurance athletes, for example, because we often see more GI issues and more GI distress in people who are kind of really pushing themselves hard and competing and in things like endurance events. And so they may even have um, higher levels of inflammation. And by supplementing with creatine, it can help to support that intestinal lining and also lower inflammation. So to kind of quickly sum up everything that I've spoken about here. Firstly, you can find creatine in animal-based foods. So if you're vegetarian, you're more likely to need to supplement creatine. You can find it in meat and fish and also in organ meats. It's actually something that's very cheap and easy to supplement with. You don't need to do a loading phase, but you may want to do a loading phase for the reasons I've described. So for example, if you have a high energetic output, output for a short period, um, of time, then it can be good to do a loading phase of three to seven days. And you can calculate this by body weight. So on that loading phase, it would usually be around 0.3 grams per kilo of body weight for that period of three to, to five or seven days. And then you reduce down to a maintenance dose, which should be at least 0.03 grams per kilo of body weight. But what's customarily done is to take a loading phase of 20 grams which is split into four doses of five grams each across the day. So you'd have one with each meal and a snack, and then you would drop down to a maintenance dose of anywhere between two and five grams daily. It isn't necessary to do this loading phase, as I say, unless you have this particularly high energetic output when you're beginning creatine supplementation. And if you do, then a good time to do that is during the luteal phase, when you're in that higher hormone phase of the menstrual cycle. But if those things are not applicable to you, then generally you don't need to do a loading phase. It will just take slightly longer to increase those creatine stores. But you're also less likely to kind of experience potential things like digestive discomfort that you may get during the loading phase, particularly if you're not drinking enough water. So drinking and hydrating well is very important if you're going to do a loading phase. And if not, it'll generally take around four weeks or so to kind of bring up those creatine levels. And generally, you would take somewhere between two or three or five grams on a daily basis. Personally, creatine is one of my favorite supplements to take. I tend to take it every single morning. I just put a scoop into my smoothie in the morning and it's super easy. You can also mix it into things like coffee. Um, really, it's about taking it in the most easy form for you. Um, there have been different forms of creatine that have been investigated, including creatine hydrochloride, creatine citrate, creatine malate, and then a buffered form of creatine. However, creatine monohydrate is the one that has the most scientific evidence behind it to support both its safety and its efficacy. And it's also the cheapest form of creatine to purchase. And so that's generally what I take is about five grams of creatine monohydrate every day. 
So I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized episode this week. If you'd like more content like this for me, um, I get asked all the time, what supplements should I be taking? What things am I trying? And different things that I share on my Instagram or my stories or on my profile. And I can go into them in a bit more detail on these bite-sized episodes like I have done today. So if you'd like more content like this, then please leave a comment in the reviews on the platform you're listening, or just send me a DM on Instagram over at Angela S. Foster. If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started and I'll see you on the inside.